Living Dead in Austin is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that on Thanksgiving, the thing that you're supposed to be thankful for is actually armadillos? That's right. The turkeys are a huge red herring. (laughs) (laughs) For more armadillo-related facts, to find out how you can access episodes a day early, and to check out our other podcasts, visit us at armadillo.club. The sun's going down in Bon Ton, Louisiana, and things are about to get weird. Hello there, you're listening to Living Dead in Austin. We're reading Charlene Harris's Sookie Stackhouse novels. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're going to be reading chapters one through five of Dead as a Doornail, the fifth book in the Southern Vampire Mystery series. Previously, Sookie makes a New Year's resolution to stay out of trouble and not get her ass kicked by any supernatural creatures. She keeps that resolution for a solid two hours before she comes up on Eric, mind-wiped and mostly naked. And, well, I mean, how's she going to pass up on that hot hunk of Viking man candy? She's only human. (laughs) From there, she's embroiled in a supernatural turf war between a coven of werewitches, the Fantasia vampires, and Alcide's local wolf gang. And to top it all off, her brother, Jason, has gone missing. Honestly, pretty standard stuff for chain fighting Sookie. So, after a series of fights murders, and failed police investigations, events culminate in a supernatural battle royale, conveniently mostly obscured by magical fog, presumably to save on the effects budget. (laughs) When the fog clears, all that remains is a nightmarish tableau of broken bodies and blood. It would take hours to clean up all that evidence. Sure would be a shame if that building just burned right down, says Pam as she gleefully splashes gasoline around the room. (laughs) So the mystery of the werewitch coven that needed to get murked by a bunch of vampires is solved. Thanks to expert sleuthing by Detective Chain-Fighting Sookie. <laughs> oh, also, uh, it turns out Jason was kidnapped by a jealous panther shifter because he boned the guy's girlfriend or whatever. Totally unrelated to all that other stuff. Uh, but everyone lived happily ever after, except for Child the Vampire Bartender, and Debbie, Alcide's ex, and Felton, the jealous shape-shifting boyfriend. I'm pretty sure he's dead now. So, uh, But, it, you know, they all had it coming, so the end. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's uh, start... This book, The Way You Should Always Start a Book, by judging its cover. That's right. Yeah. Uh, this one is a little more... Um, a little abstract, I guess. Uh, yeah, a little more abstract than the other ones, uh, isn't unless it? Unless there's a scene where a vampire flies with Soki and drops her into a volcano. <laughs> well, so so I, was, I was thinking about this. So at first glance, this is pretty thematically standard Soki cover. You know, a vampire flying through the air carrying Soki. However, you'll notice that, uh, first of all, she's not riding the vampire like the customary steed fashion, as mm-hmm. we've seen previously, yeah. uh, astride, which is curious. And uh, also her eyes are closed, which means she's asleep, unconscious, dead, hard to say. Dead as a doornail, you might say? Possibly dead as a doornail. And uh, if you take a look at the fire, it's pretty clear that at this point, uh, Sookie's about to have a freak falling into a fire accident, uh, as occasionally happens with vampires around. <laughs> <laughs> just got to dispose of some evidence, you know? Or maybe he's just trying to heat up his dinner in peace, you know? If I was Bill, I would be, I would be a little concerned about where my exes are at because his exes tend to give him like a big problem. You know, he, he <laughs> yeah. wished his exes lived in Texas, right? <laughs> That's true. Uh, so maybe he's just like, ah, oh, I guess Sookie goes into the fire. <laughs> well, Better he, safe than sorry. He looks really bored. <laughs> he's like, like she's unconscious, and he's just like, oh, <sighs> gotta drop this girl into a fire. I mean, this is how Bill handles problems. This is probably this is not an exciting event for him. He's just like, all right, another one goes <laughs> yeah, in the flame. It's like taking the laundry out. <laughs> <laughs> just another human to. It's gonna be metaphorical, right? It doesn't seem likely that well that a vampire will drop Suki into a bonfire. I mean, 
Doesn't it? <laughs> I feel like vampires would put Sookie in a lot of different kinds of danger. It's true, nobody's thrown in a bonfire yet, but... but it is know. only like January 4th or something, so... <laughs> the year is young. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, chapter one. Sookie takes Jason to Hotshot for his first full moon. Yeah, so he's definitely a were-panther now. I know there was a minute where they were not sure if he was going to be a were-panther, but... This is so sweet, right? Yeah. Gran's not around to take him to his first... Panther party. Yeah. Do you think and she so, like took a so picture of him ahead of time with his like little right? backpack? <laughs> <up> panther party. <laughs> it's like if if you get scared, you can call me and I'll come pick you up. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. And then like she probably drove away a little bit, but then she stopped and she watched him go in because you know you only get to do this once, right? That's right. This is first day at Panther School. <laughs> Calvin Norris is there. He's like, no, go to Calvin. It's okay. It's okay. You know Calvin. Yeah, you know him. He's, he's Calvin very like nice. holds out his hand. And he walks inside. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, apparently Jason has a pretty good time as a panther, right? Sounds like fun to me. I do feel bad for him. He can't turn into, completely turn into a panther. He's like a half man, half panther, a manther. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. I think being a, 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 a manther would be awesome. Like the half, half, you know, human half it panther. Kind of be awkward, right? Would you, you'd be on all fours or would you be on both twos? Probably both, right? Like you can probably like to some degree you can stand up when you're running, you probably go on all fours. I just keep remembering Kristen Wiig's character from Wonder Woman 1984. Oh yeah. yeah. I have not seen this, this show. Is this a play? It's a, it's a, <laughs> yes, it's, it's a, it's a play it's by a, Shakespeare. It's a film. It's, <laughs> one of the, the, it's at the cinema. The cinema. <laughs> In the theater. In the theater. Yeah. So yeah. bad. I, I, I like this. He was worried about becoming a werepanther, but he realized what we realized immediately is that it's freaking awesome to be a werepanther. Yeah, I'd be like, sign me up, you know? Apparently it's actually hard to become a werepanther though, right? Like it's not it's not guaranteed if you get bit, you're gonna get turned. And probably the only reason he got turned is he was bit so many times. So it's probably an unpleasant transition. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he had a good time. Yeah. Uh, I, I certainly don't want to be like chained to a uh, in a shed in the cold and fed bits of raw meat for a, was it a week or something like that? Something like well, that. How, how many nights would you spend like that to be a were-panther? Top. Oh, more than a week, honestly. I wouldn't want to, but I would do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, yeah, if yeah. I got to be a were-panther, uh, what? Six months. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, maybe not six months. <laughs> maybe that's too much. Uh, I don't know. Like, what? A week? Two weeks? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's alright. Yeah. It'd be, I mean, it wouldn't, again, not very pleasant, but the payoff is huge, right? I yeah. think the I think of the things that we've seen in this, the only thing I'd want to be more than a were panther is vampire. I think being a vampire is like way better. You could be both, apparently, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. Right? Uh, I guess I thought the witches. I think they're in combat parts too. Maybe I'm thinking of no, they drank vampire blood. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I was thinking of underworld. That's they, the one they where were you can't vampires. be both. Vampires. <laughs> vampires. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but yeah, being a vampire seems like the best of all the things. So, do you think the other hotshot people made fun of him when he could only turn into a man, a man, man? Manther? Manther, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, they probably, but it was in Panther language, which he doesn't actually speak yet. Right? Yeah, true. He has to learn that one. Mm-hmm. It's probably even more embarrassing because he knows they're talking about him and they're like laughing at him, but he doesn't know what they're saying. But he knows it's probably not very nice. I mean, right? it says he sounded like he had a really great time running through the woods and stuff. Like a little bit of regret the next day, but yeah, we've all been it was there. a good time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The morning after <laughs> the, the Iron Curtain drops, you're like, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> I can't go. believe I chased that thing through the woods and ate it. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to talk about that part, did he? Yeah. Nope. But still, sounds like it was overall a good time. Mm-hmm. 
She goes into new into work, and there's a new Defense Against the Drug Arts professor. Wait, no, sorry. A new Fantasia bartender. Oh, wait, no, no, no. There's a new chef at Merlot's. <laughs> That's right. Because every, every book, we've had a new one of those, too. Yeah. Huh? yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Sweetie Desart. <laughs> Which is a great name, by the way. It Sweetie Desart. I don't yeah. doesn't sound like a very real name, but I still appreciate it. I mean, it's. I'm assuming it's like Cajun, because Desart is French. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Wait, what does it mean? Of the arts. <laughs> <laughs> wait, is Sweetie French also? Yes, but you have to pronounce it suete. <laughs> suete. Suete. Yeah, you know, Sookie's still moping over Bill, but she needs to get over him because she has some really nice options out around all around her. Case in point, Sam is waiting for her when she goes to work, and he's just like, you know, pouring beers all sexy-like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he sure is. But speaking speaking of attractive men, there's a new vampire hanging out at the bar named, with Tara. He's Franklin's friend, Mickey. And, and she thinks he's real tacky, but everybody else thinks he's real sexy. He's drinking the cheap vampire blood <laughs> called, uh, called red stuff. Red stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, I mean, that's, that's a little amazing. But yeah, um, it, it's funny because everyone, she's talking about how he looks dangerous, which to me is completely irrelevant. Literally every vampire is da- deadly dangerous, right? Like, it doesn't matter if he looks dangerous. They are all they are all going to kill you. Yeah. I, I guess if Sookie thinks he looks dangerous, because Sookie will, like... Yeah. Remember that time she stopped Eric in the road and he, like, went into full vampire mode? Yeah, yeah. 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 She was, like, hopping in sugar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sookie has a very high tolerance for danger. So this guy must be very, yeah, very this, scary This guy's looking. probably, like, vomiting blood flying <laughs> through the air and screaming or something. <laughs> like, shooting fangs out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Lasers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but but either way, yeah, uh, everyone else seems to be really into him. Really into him. And, you know, just a regular night, chain fight and Sookie breaks up a bar fight by smacking a guy with her tray. And I was just imagining the <laughs> bar fight in rural Louisiana. Yeah, yeah it was, it's pretty great. Uh, definitely Sookie in, in her element, right? You know. Yeah, it is. And this is great, too, because she's talking to the young man who she smacks with the tray, threatening sewer. And she says, I'm going to enjoy calling your mama and telling her you took a swing at a woman. <laughs> <laughs> he blanched and said no more. That, that's that's the way Suki handles problems, you know? I mean, that's real and, southern. That worked and, out real well. In fact, I think she does it twice in this book. Isn't there another guy who she says, threatens to call his mom? I don't think later so. On? But that seems oh, it's in Fantasia. Well, well, we'll get to it. Yeah, 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 okay. Um, there's also uh, a Sookie scan. Um, let's see. There were several indicators that made my mental antenna switch. First of all, th- this gal didn't look right. A local woman might dress like that if she were getting hunting, going hunting or doing farm work, but not to come to Merlot's. For an evening out at the bar, most women fix themselves up. So this woman was in working mode, but she wasn't a whore by the same reasoning. So it's like, so she, let me get this straight. So she's not dressed up. So she's got to be in drugs. I mean, She's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she nails it. But still, but still, you know, I was, took, a, took a little offense at that. Yeah, that woman is probably not going to end up well for her because Sookie, very cleverly, I think, manages to get these old vials of vampire blood away from her with Terry Belfleur's help. But like Mickey's still at the bar and he takes a picture of her when she leaves to <laughs> figure out what's going on. Uh-huh. It's not going to work out well for that lady. I do not think so. Yeah. No. Seems like Mickey's going to be uh, paying her a visit. Probably. I wonder what his MO is. Yeah. We- yeah, we, we get a little bit more information about him later, but it's, none of it is very very uh, reassuring. No. Yeah, he, yeah he, when, when Mickey strikes, it's it's that, like, somebody accidentally swallowed a helium balloon and exploded. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, like, happens from time to time. Yeah, yeah. time to time, yeah. Except all their blood, like, dries out or something first. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, it's just scraps. Chapter 2. 
the next night at Merlot's, Claudine comes back in. We love Claudine. Yeah, she's the. We, we we're going to talk about this later, but she's the star of our short story that we're going to be reading, and she's there to report a shooting, I guess. Yeah, Calvin Norris has been shot. Why is Claudine involved in this? I still don't understand what she's doing here. I mean, she's great. I appreciate Claudine. She just likes to get involved in stuff. Apparently, fairies like to mess with things. Yeah, I mean, she's like, I don't know. This place is real weird. <laughs> she's, that's true. That's that's kind of how, how she approaches yeah. it. Yeah, I remember last book when they were like, oh, so you're here to observe? She's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I just observe. I'm going to get in this. <laughs> that, yeah. that is not my style. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And another local had gotten fatally shot the week before, too, a teenage girl. And according to Claudine, she was also a shapeshifter. It's funny because Claudine approaches Sookie about this. It's like, why is she approaching Sookie about this? Because Sookie is involved in everything that <laughs> happens in this town. She gets to the bottom of stuff. I know. I, it's funny that Claudine knows this. She's like, all right, you know who wants to, you know who's going to want to get in on this? You know who's going to make this their yeah. problem? It's Sookie. Yeah, Sookie would fucking love this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because, you know, uh, on the way out, they make it personal by shooting Sam, but that was not necessary. Like, whoever this is. Whoever is doing this is trying way too hard to get Sookie's attention. Yeah. She was like, they had her at like, you know, thing one, right? <laughs> and something weird happened to somebody you met once. Yeah. <laughs> she was in it to win it from that point forward. <laughs> That's right. Chapter three. The next night she goes to Fantasia and we meet the new bartender who's a pirate, Charles Twining. And I fucking love this guy. You mean a uh, vampire? He's a vampire. That's right. <laughs> that's right. The the vampire pirate Charles Twining. Uh, I appreciate him as well. He's mm. he's very funny. Mm-hmm. No way is this guy a real pirate, right? I mean, he he's too cartoonish. Did you notice he has a, an eye patch, Jeff? I assume he's got an eye under there. <laughs> he does. He does. He doesn't ever take it off, so it's hard to say. That's what you I'm don't thinking. know. Yeah. But like the first thing she says to him is like, "Where's the parrot?" And he's very polite about it, but he's like, yeah, I haven't heard that one before, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I get that a lot. Uh Uh-huh. It's real original. Yeah. They do do some be down at the joke store buying some original ones. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I would have said if I were a vampire pirate. Yeah. See, being a vampire pirate is definitely where it's at. (laughs) That's good. That's a good pirate bird. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be really good at that. I missed my calling. <laughs> you I know. did. Being a vampire pirate. Uh, it's not too late. Why to be born in Texas? Why? <laughs> I know. The landlocked part. So she, yeah, she does some she does some low-key flirting with Charles, which I appreciated. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They have um, a good rapport. And she meets up with Eric, who still doesn't remember anything at all about his time with her, including uh killing Debbie Pelt. Or their is, multi-day bonathon. Yes, you know? which is good for Sookie. Because he can definitely hold that over her. Yeah, it, it really seems to be bugging him that he doesn't remember it, too. Yeah. Like he knows something happened. He doesn't it, know what, but he knows. It really is only a question of time. Yeah. Until he finds out. But Sookie is there on behalf of Sam to borrow a bartender from Eric. They don't want to shift her since somebody is shooting them. I guess having a vampire watch Merlots is one way to get shit under control. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> a bar fight, huh? Nope. <laughs> so Eric's like, hey, you see this character we just spent a couple pages describing? Go ahead, take him. So. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I just mean, I found this vampire pirate. I'm not really using him. You, you want him? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they could do a lot worse, right? I mean, I, I got to say the, the, the thing that worries me here is a vampire room and board, whatever. The thing that you don't want to owe is a favor, right? Like that's that's like yeah. the most dangerous kind of debt. Agreed. Especially where vampires are concerned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping he would send Pam. Like Pam, I, I really enjoy Pam, and I, I enjoy Pam and Sookie. They have a good like little. They have a good what's it? What's Repartee. 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 Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, 
they're fun together. But I guess Pam is too valuable to send to Bon Tomp. Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not Charles Twining. Not Charles Twining. Throw that guy away. Yeah, and he has to answer to Sookie, which seems super awkward. Yeah. And he's a bartender, too. So they probably aren't expecting him to be around for very long. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. That is a good point. Fair enough. Eric also gives her the 411 on Mickey at this point. Yep. Uh, which is not encouraging. No. Learns. Bad news guy. What he says is he'll do things the rest of the vampires won't do, which... I don't know what that would be exactly, because every vampire we've met has murdered at least one person, right? Yeah, that's true. And then it's implied they all have lived lives of debauchery for hundreds of years and ex- explored the limits of experience like Hellraiser. Yeah, so what the fuck does Mickey do? Yeah, I... I don't know. Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, maybe we'll find out. Maybe he likes to uh, crawl into their skins. He, he like, he'll dip a chip into the dip. And mm-hmm. he take a bite and then dip the remainder that was whoa, in his mouth monster. right, right wait, back into wait, the dip whoa, again. Dude, dude, it's come on, dip. man. <laughs> we have children listening to this podcast, <laughs> I assume. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> hope not either. Children don't have money. They can't subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> it's true. Children. <laughs> Ask get, your parents. Get your parents' credit card and they go to armadillo.club. <laughs> check out our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they exchange some pleasantries and then call it a night. Yep. And she, uh, she has her, her bartender secured. Yep. Chapter four. She chats with Charles on their way back to Bon Tom. And man, this guy's so great. We, we find out how he became a pirate. And he just seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I dig this guy. He's just normal, normal old Gulf of Mexico pirate and accidentally, you know, opened up a vampire ship one time. <laughs> yeah. Happens to the best of us. I wish. Man, I want to open a vampire ship. You should be a pirate in the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. It's, it's funny because they... Uh, he asks about Suki's quote-unquote disability, uh, which, you know, I don't know why anyone else calls it that, but whatever. And I noticed that Charles asks very directly about whether she can read vampire minds, and when she says no, he says, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're all very curious about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get the feeling there's a darkness to Charles Twining, the pirate vampire. Yeah, hey. probably. We'll find out. Uh, mm. I, I also like how he grills her about the previous bartenders. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is understandable considering the very short shelf life of literally every Fantasia bartender. Uh, it was great. He was like, were you there when Chow died? And she's like, yep. Were you there when Long Shadow died? And she was like, yep. yep. <laughs> he was on top of me. <laughs> yeah. Trying to kill me. And he's like, huh. All right. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Good to know. Yep. Yeah, but we, as, as Alice mentioned, we also get the close notes version of his employment history, which includes pirates and strumpet trumpet. Yeah, he was a strumpet trumpeter. Yeah. He trumpeted his trumpets. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I wonder if he ever got a little nippish and had some crumpets while he was trumpeting strumpets. I assume so. He's English, right? Right, yeah. And if anybody gave him trouble, he'd tell him to like it or lump it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there was ever a small obstruction in his way, he, had to... he might have to jump it. <laughs> you know. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if like a pillow got too flat on the couch, oh he might find himself having to plump it a uh-huh. little bit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you know, you, you know, the thing about him though is he's he's like he's a real bro. If you put up your fist, he's always going to bump it. <laughs> Heck yeah, he will. Yeah, he's not going to leave someone hanging. Yeah, if he's if his TV is not quite working right, you know, he knows what to do. You get up there, you thump it. <laughs> <laughs> we could keep going all night. <laughs> I've got like three more. <laughs> we should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
moving on. <laughs> um, I don't know. She has a fight with Sam. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of a let's let's be fair to Sookie. He's kind of a dick when she drops off his brand new shiny vampire. You know, agrees. Yeah, I, it seems like everyone's kind of in a mood. Like Sookie, like Sam's an asshole, and Sookie reacts really harshly. And I think she mentions like shortly after the next morning that she's hoping that Sam's there so she could fight with him again. Yeah. And it, I'm wondering if there's something going on here because Sookie, the reason they're hiring this vampire is not only because of the killings, but also because everyone's been really rowdy lately. So I wonder. It seems yeah. like something's going on. You know what? It sounds like a main ad. That's what I was thinking. Mm. We've already had our main ad book, but maybe there's another main ad in the, in the area. Yeah. Maybe she came back for a second helping. Well, that's true. Bon ton craziness. <laughs> she had such a good time last time. <laughs> they know how to party here. Mm. Except for that really sad sex party. But uh, yeah, I you know that's... <laughs> Well, she had a good time. She had a good time, true. <laughs> the, so what occurs to me about Charles Twining, by the way, he's a detective. How so? He's, he's interrogating her. Oh, right? yeah. He's he asking gets, questions. He, gets, he asks questions. He asks good questions. He gets the rundown on what's going on here. I, I forgot that the de- detective work usually involves that because Sookie does not do yeah, that. Yeah, Sookie doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah. I, this guy just struck me as like a vampire detective, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it would, there would be kind of like a metaphorical potency to having a detective with only one eye, right? Oh, uh, because he only has one eye for the law. Wait, is that no? He's like it's uh, always irony, keeps his eye right? on justice. He's, he's the one that's always looking for oh the right, truth, right. but he's only got one eye. So yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I do think that that Suki and Charles Twining would be a really fun detective duo, right? Yeah, the one-eyed vampire and the telepath. Yeah, and, yeah, and I, she's the muscle, I'd watch right? That like, show. It'd be yeah. ironic because he's like really like soft, and she's like <laughs> chain fighting Suki. Yeah. You expect him to go punch someone, but no, it's Sookie who does the fighting. But yeah, I, I think there's something else going on with this guy. I think he's looking for something. Mm. Mm. With his one eye. Possibly. Speaking of detectives. Possibly one eye. We haven't seen what's under that patch. That's true. That we, we're <laughs> assuming based on the eye patch, which is not necessarily a fair assumption. Yeah. I mean, she very clearly told us that it was covering his left eye, so we need to watch out and see if it ever like, switches <laughs> over. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. He forgets. <laughs> she asked, was it that on the other eye? Nope. It was definitely always on my right side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. tries to glamour her. <laughs> but you're right, though. Speaking of detectives, the next day back at work, she sees a couple of private detectives, Jack and Lily Leeds. And Lily yeah. Bard was the hero of... Charlene Harris's, I think it was her longest series, oh, her longest book series. Oh, is this actually that character? Uh, it It's one of them. She pulls in different characters from different series. But yeah, she had a series of books called Shakespeare's Something. Oh. And they starred Lily Bard, who lived in the town of Shakespeare in, I think, Mississippi. Oh. And she's kind of an unofficial detective. So it's a cameo. Yeah, it's like a cameo. Oh, it made me cool. very happy. Yeah, her and Jack Leeds also, of course, shows up in those books, too. I, I really liked these characters. Like, Jack and Lily, the, like, steely-eyed, bodybuilding private investigators. <laughs> it's kind I'm, of funny, right? I'm curious. You might, it might be worth checking out the series. It's mm-hmm. incredibly dark. Like, really dark, but it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You don't Fun. think about it. So these people were hired by the Pelt family to find Debbie for some reason. Like, it's hard for me to imagine why anyone would miss Debbie, honestly. She's like super sucked, right? Maybe she had the key to their car on her. Like key <laughs> yeah. to her glove box. Look, we don't care if we find Debbie. We just get whatever was in her pockets. We can track that down. It'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they're very interested in hearing that people may be getting shot around Bon Tomp. And I love how Suki slow realizes after she says, yeah, people have been getting shot. They're interested. And she thinks, oh, maybe that's how we can take care of this. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Debbie got shot by someone. Who knows? Well, but they're, they're also yeah. like, did anyone else disappear? And she was like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but they're going to come by her house the next day to talk a little more. Yeah. 
And she makes up with Sam on the way out. Yes. So that's nice. Kind of awkwardly. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's something weird is going on there between them. Mm-hmm. Probably just like, you know, the, the latent sexual energy. Must be it. Yeah. Chapter five. Jason and Sookie go visit Calvin Norris at the hospital. And not only do most of the people in Hotshot have the same last name, apparently their first names also aren't really uh, different. It's Dixie and Dixon and Dawson so, are his bodyguards there at the you hospital. Know, you, for all we know, these people reproduce in litters. Right? Yeah. You got, That's true. You got like eight little were cat kids. So that, that was like names. somebody's fourth litter. Right. Yeah. D names. <laughs> That's yeah. right. So they all D names like hurricanes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the the second letter was Billy and Billy with an IE and yeah. Billiam and Billiam. <laughs> Billiam. <laughs> Billsworth. Billsworth, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Calvin has a surprising amount of muscle, you know. He's got the the two were panthers and he's got an actual apparently a very large uh, werewolf bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. I guess he's kind of a big deal. I mean, I I, I never thought that Hotshot was was that kind of uh, operation, but apparently so, yeah. Yeah. I guess there's a certain amount of cachet to being the the king of an entire town or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just didn't think of Hotshot as, as a town so much as like a... Family. Yeah, like a big family. But right. maybe it is more towny than I thought. Yeah. Uh, so Sookie chats with Calvin and they hadn't figured it out yet, but people suspect Jason is the one who's been going around shooting the shifter since he was turned against his will. Yeah. And I don't know why it didn't occur to Sookie and Jason earlier, but it didn't. Yeah. Um, uh, and, they, and not only do they suspect him, they are like itching to kill him. They, they want to go out and get him. Yeah. Jason's in a lot of danger and Sookie realizes that she, she <laughs> needs <laughs> to find the shooter before Jason turns again at the next full moon because she thinks that even with Calvin saying he won't, he that um, some of the other Panthers will go rogue and attack and kill Jason just on suspicion. Yeah, I could see that. Like people, we've seen that the shifters get really uh, violent and aggressive uh, when when it's that time of the month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and I think Jason, like, first of all, he gets suspected of crimes constantly. He <laughs> does, he does That's true, like every book, right? Yeah. Like anything that happens, you know, like somebody knocks down the old billboard, probably Jason Stackhouse. Yeah, or like that random woman, Maria Star Cooper, who like apparently got hit by a car on the side of the road or yeah. something. Yeah, like, probably yeah, Jason, probably Jason somehow. Jason, probably who was, who was like a dungeon. missing person at the time. Yeah. Like, trying to like figure out how it, how he, he could have done it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and also, he gets damseled a lot. Like, he, yeah. he's the, the, well, the motivation. He's put in danger to motivate Sookie a lot. Yeah. I, Think, I mean, I think that speaks more of Sookie than it does of Jason, though. I think Sookie is just always going to be looking out for the underdog. I suppose so. Oh, true, but it's just Jason Stackhouse himself. Like, yeah. he's always, like, being the captured or time, being yeah. under threat or something like that. That is true. That's happened quite a lot, hasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, oh, yeah, that was this was back in the other chapter. He got 20% of her payout for holding Eric. Uh-huh. Yeah. He did nothing. He did Literally nothing. Literally nothing. He disappeared. Like, I was on his side in that, but I was thinking he'd get, like, a 1%... You know, deal finders fee kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, ten percent is more than any. Well, no, twenty percent, twenty percent. Yeah, agents yeah. get like fifteen percent or something, right? Is that how much? Yeah, yeah. It's, I, yeah it's, I mean, it's like he helped crazy. negotiate, but even then, he didn't do that great. No, he, yeah, he but, did like he one even, minute of work. He 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 negotiated thirty five thousand. He should get ten percent of thirty five or twenty percent of thirty five thousand. Sure, yeah. if that, yeah, if that, yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah, so Suki is way too generous with uh, with Jason, especially when she points out that he has health insurance and she doesn't. Also true. I was like, this is so American. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, let's see, 
Yeah, I like how she, when, when she thinks about Calvin Norris, she's not seriously thinking about being with Calvin Norris, but the main argument in his favor is that Calvin Norris has health insurance. I know, right? Yeah. She's like, you know, you laugh at that, but you know, for those of you who don't have health insurance, I was like, no, you, you are right. Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty, pretty great. Thanks to him. Thanks, America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so next day. Yeah, next day at home, she's listening to the news and there have been a bunch of random shootings in Tennessee and Mississippi as well. Yeah, so this is not uh, a localized event. No. And Alcide comes by, even though if the detectives see him at Sookie's house, it's going to be real bad for her because apparently Alcide just doesn't give a fuck about Sookie's well-being, I feel like. Oh, you think that's what it is? I, I think he just doesn't think it's likely a big deal, but I don't know. Who knows? I just thought that was real bad because she told him not to, so he shouldn't yeah. have showed up. True. Yeah. yeah. Disrespected like, her a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it was disrespectful. Because, yeah, it's like, well, you sorry, to... the detective who's trying to find out whether or not I murdered your ex-girlfriend is going to be coming by. Like, they have an appointment. So. <laughs> yeah, the uh, you have to remember the the first time they met, he walked in and was like, got any breakfast or something like That's that. That's right. She was like, hey, you want some coffee? He's like, you got bacon and eggs. <laughs> okay. That's Alcide, so. But, you know, he's such a fine specimen of man. That's true. I guess you can get away with a lot with the physique like that yeah and apparently he thinks debbie maybe used magic on him to make him overlook so much like how she pushed sookie into the trunk to be raped by bill this seems like absolute bullshit i think alcide yeah. the magic that had uh, mesmerized alcide was a vagina vagina magic <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. but uh sure sure blame it on uh witchcraft or whatever right uh, it, it's kind of a, an awkward conversation because sookie's like yep sure do you wonder what happened at one point he's like so you think she's gone and sookie's like yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you think she, I, you, she's probably gone, right? As far as I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also explains I wonder, that. I, I wonder now that he, if he's come to his senses, does he recognize that her haircut was stupid? Mm. Asking the real question. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point because it was really stupid. <laughs> Suki told us with her Suki scan. But yeah, he also lets us know that uh, Colonel Flood died in a car accident. Which yeah. is this related? Do you think? I, I was, I was. I mean, it's not a sniper shot, but you know. I don't think so. Uh, probably not. Yeah. Right? yeah. But he was the packmaster, of course, and he died. And Alcide wants Suki to go to the funeral with him. And we learned two things, which would automatically make me very suspicious. First of all, his dad wants to be the next packmaster, and second of all, you know, he'll come all the way out there and drive her. That's fine, you know. Yeah. Because, like, you know, save on gas or something. It's which, it's. Which I guess I guess the only thing I can say is she hasn't dated a lot because like when you have a date and you don't know how it's going to go, you do not let them take you in their car. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you take your own car so you can get out of there. Yeah, I, I'm going to say a funeral is a pretty weird uh, first date. <laughs> yeah. There's something else going on there. Well, uh, their first date, I think, was hiding that body. Oh, you know, you're right, you're right. <laughs> so this is actually pretty tame, actually. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just, it's like the body's, all, you know, dead and it's solved. This is like thematically right there, you know, just getting rid of bodies. Right? That body's been cleaned up all, and everything. They don't have random hands flying around. <laughs> no, first date was the bar fight. Right. Uh, the bar fight where yeah, she got impaled. Josephine's. And second, she got staked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Second date was hiding the body. Third date, funeral. All right. Actually, this this like seems like a natural progression. Actually, <laughs> wait. No, first day. Wait, they they hid the body together that Bubba shoved into the closet. Yeah, at well, the apartment. Well, though, but it was the body was there because of the bar fight in Adjusted. Right, and then there was the time she got staked and he ran away, and then yep. there was the time that they went to the bridal salon and saw body parts. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And They've then lots of dates, and then now there's the funeral. Quirky. Yeah. <laughs> what a funny couple. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely set up to succeed. Mm-hmm. 
but have you seen the size of his biceps and his rugged masculine features? Yeah, he has to turn sideways to walk through a doorway. <laughs> so big in the shoulders. And he's got a sweet truck. Real nice truck. Mm-hmm. And he's and he's a good worker, according to Sookie, every time she talks about him. Yeah. He's a hard worker. All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Next time, we're going to be reading chapter 6 through 10 of Dead as a Doornail, the fifth book in the Southern Vampire Mystery series. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. And if you ask us a question, we might even answer it on air. Please share this with anybody you think will like this. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this, especially on iTunes. Please check out our Patreon at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. Good good night, night, sucker.